Oh my, my Bible open. Get the pages open and then we'll have a look. This one wants to slide around. That's fine. Just pop you there. Okay. Well, it is always nice to be here. I thoroughly enjoy coming through and spending time with you. And it's always it's lovely to see new faces. So, yeah. What I'm just going to share, I'm not going to really preach at you and I'm not going to teach or anything. I'm just going to share what God spoke to me during a time of just get, coming away with him in the secret place, just feeling to build myself up. A while back, the Lord said to me to reinforce the foundations of faith within my life, not just mine, but I believe that is something that he's doing in his body, to reinforce the foundations of faith because he wants to take his bride and his body into a season. He said to me, for the season I'm going to take you into, it's going to take faith to walk out. And we can see by the speed things are beginning to unfold and to roll around and in. That, you know, we have to be a people of faith. We have to be able to see, not just with a natural ability, but also to see with a spiritual ability, to see where God is at in the time and the season that we find ourselves. Because none of us have ever been here. There's not really a book that you can research and find where you were. We have people that's been through the Second World War. And a lot of what is unfolding and being rolled out now, they recognize as this is precisely the way that the Nazis in Germany actually did it, step by step, taking away people's liberty and rights, little by little, conditioning them, until finally they marched them off to the gas chambers. And in a sense, people like that are beginning to speak out. And one thing I've noticed that the New Nuremberg um, trials is beginning to come much to the forefront. I know there's a lot of people worldwide, scientists, doctors, people in prominent positions that are fighting this now in the courts with the Nuremberg as their sort of legal document because they wrote that thing for our protection and we have governmental people in leadership in the nations of the earth that are breaking those um, agreements. So we'll see and so we support them and we pray for them and we pray that God's voice and truth will basically be an instrument in them and upon them and through them because they are fighting for our liberty, they are fighting for truth, they are fighting for justice. So yeah, we pray for God's hand upon it. So saying that, the Lord, I thought, okay, well, where shall I go? What, shall I, what do I need to read? What do I need to spend time in the Word of God? So I thought, I'll go to the book of Hebrews. Because men make coffee, don't they? <laughs> Hebrews. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yes. I thought I'm going to go read, the, I'm going to just read through the book of Hebrews because there's so much faith chapters that speak about faith in the book. It's known as the book of faith. 
And I thought, you know, because it said that the word and faith is the spirit, you know, and the word of God, we know that the worlds were framed through faith by the word of God so that that which is seen was made by that which is unseen. And then chapter 11 with how people overcame and obtained so many things through faith, a lot of them dying in faith, never seeing their end promise. But I mean, their faith was so strong. So I'm going to go to the book of Hebrews and I'm going to read through the book of Hebrews. So I started with chapter 1 and I got well into chapter 1 and I was really, really blessed. Got into chapter 2 and I got no further. And I've been in chapter 1 and 2 for a month. <laughs> so that is also gone. Anyway, so I'm just going to read through. So we're going to do a lot of Bible reading today. <laughs> so God's supreme revelation. I really believe God is wanting to bring a great revelation to the body of Christ in this season. Of himself, his preeminence, his authority, his power, his might, his kingdom. He wants to bring illumination and insight into who he is. What his kingdom is about and who we are and what our place is in that kingdom. I really believe that with all my heart. So verse 1, God who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he did everything, he made everything, and then he sat down in a place of authority that Bill has been on about being seated. Speaking of that place of authority, he sat down. But also, what sort of came up to me was this. In these days, he has spoken to us by his sons. We love the prophetic voice in the body of Christ. We love the prophets. God spoke to them in the Old Testament, showing the way, giving direction, you know, who he wanted in office, who he didn't want in office, what he was planning, what he was not planning. This, we have got the Holy Spirit. We have Christ basically speaking directly to us. We don't even have to go to seek a man. We can go straight to the Lord and we can hear what he says, um, you know, and where to go and what to do and what not to do. So verse 5, then he sort of highlighted how he broke things down when he said he sort of differentiated between the sun, the angels, and man. So verse 5, for to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. It is so vital that we absolutely understand that God is sovereign, that he is in control as creator, and he is a sustainer of both that which is natural and that which is spiritual. And it is vital for us to understand that he is in control and that he is also sovereign and a sustainer of both the physical world, the natural world, and the spiritual world. It is absolutely important that we understand that he is absolutely over all of these things. And he is in control of all these things. 
And then he carried on about the son. I'll jump back a little bit to that later. I just want to carry on with the father and the son. So verse 8, it says, But to the son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. It's a scepter of righteousness. It's a scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness. You have hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning, and now he speaks to him about he is the creator. In the beginning, you have laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. And they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. So he establishes that his kingdom is a righteous kingdom. We know that the foundations of God's kingdom is righteousness and justice. And then he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And ever and ever and ever. It will not be surpassed. It will not be changed. It will not be overthrown. His kingdom is established forever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. And that to me just spoke so much of God's authority. Again, we need to understand who he is, who we are in him, what righteousness is. And to us, you and I, we don't work for righteousness. It is a free gift because of what Jesus paid the price for at Calvary. We got that gift of righteousness because of Jesus' blood shed for you and for me at Calvary's cross. So we don't have to work for it. It's not a work progress. Then he carried on about the angels. And he said, but the angels, he has made angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And he said, but to which of the angels he has said, it, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. He didn't say that to the angels. He said, they are, not, they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. So they were there to serve Jesus and the ministering spirits are there to help us who are heirs of salvation, to assist us in what God has called us to do. So he's established people's functions and authority. And then we get to chapter 2. And it says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. And I must admit, I looked at that, I said, Lord, the drifting away, we must give earnest heed to the things we heard. We must pay heed to the word of God in the season. We must heed the voice of God. We must heed the instruction of the Lord. And I asked Lord just a question. I said, Father, what happened to mainstream church? So many have, it's not that they drifted away. It's just that they, they've not even inquired. It's like they're not asked. They just went. They just happily stood in line to take and to receive everything that governments are dishing out at the moment. So he, he actually gave me an answer. He took me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'll just read this. Now, this is by no means the whole answer, but this is part of what he actually showed me. Chapter 11, verse 2, he said, For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as the chaste virgin to Christ. So God sees us as something that he is preparing to offer his son. His most precious possession, his precious son, his one and be 
only begotten son that he loves dearly and he's jealous over what he wants to give him. He wants to give him the very best. And that is you and I, that he is preparing as a chaste bride. We know that he's preparing a glorious bride. He's not going to hand over a defeated bride to his son. He's not going to hand over a dilapidated bride to his son. He's not going to hand over a weak bride to his son. He's going to hand over to him the most beautiful, vibrant, fiery, zealous, in love sort of bride that he's going to hand over to his son. A bride that will worship and love his son, a bride that will have faith, a bride that will have be filled with the power and the fire of the mighty God, that will have the zeal and the passion of God flowing through her, a bride that is on fire for him. So he's going to, to, to pray that, but then he said, verse 3, but I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if he receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. That is sobering. And we know that there is teachings that's come into the body of Christ that has been watered down and it's Unfortunately, it has produced people in the way, in God, in the house, that are weak in faith. They are not rooted and grounded in the word. They're not rightly dividing truth from error. And that's why they are walking in an error way. So God is dealing with his church in this season. What we are seeing is the same as what we saw in Israel's time with Moses after they worshipped the calf and they created that whole mess. And basically, they got pulled up and they, he lined them up. They stood in their tents and he said, you choose this day. If you serve God, you stand for Jehovah. If you serve Baal, you stand for Baal. And they had to stand with who they choose. And I believe this is, in a sense, where the body is at the moment. We have to choose who we're going to stand for. Are we going to stand for government or are we going to stand for God? But that was interesting, the way that he said that we know that there's darkness of prosperity and grace that has come in that's mucked everything about because instead of pulling, you know, teaching the truth, we have all come to the knowledge of the fullness of grace by the grace and the love of Almighty God. It's his love that leads men to repentance. He didn't say that we have to be perfect when we come into the house. We've all come with baggage and all sorts of things. He's worked it out in us. But there was a place that you could come and receive love and receive forgiveness and receive his grace and receive his mercy where he began a walk with you that he walked it through with you and helped you work it out so that you could walk more successfully in him more accurately and more how would i say in truth and delivered and free to reflect him and as we created you to be so i do believe that and then lastly, we came to verse 5. We came to the Son of Man. For he had not just put the worlds to come, of which we speak in subjection to angels. Now that's interesting. He has not put the world to come, of which we speak in subjection to angels. But one testifies in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? And that's where the whole thing started. What is man that you are mindful of him? 
or the Son of Man that you take care of him. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. And you have set him over the works of your hand. And you've put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. But we see Jesus. We see Jesus. We might look from a natural perspective. We might say, oh, well, everything is definitely not under the feet of God yet. But it is in the spirit. It just hasn't manifested in earth's realm. But the truth is, it is in subjection under the feet of Christ. Just as we sit seated at the right hand and as he sat down and as he sat down, everything was placed under his feet at that moment. But the manifestation of that fullness is, will, will come and we will see it. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Jesus Christ died the physical death that time, so that you and I could step into eternity and have eternal life with God. So when we turn to him, we basically step into eternity. So we're living temporary on this earth, but we're already in eternity in the spirit with God. It's just the change of body or flesh at some point. And we'll get a new body when he comes back. So yeah. So I looked at that and I thought, Father, you've put everything, your government, your scepter, your kingdom, the establishment, your authority, your preeminence. And then you've got the angels are serving to here to help us who are heirs of salvation. And you've got man who you are mindful of. And I want to read from Psalm 8. And it said it so well because this was in Psalm 8. He spoke about that portion where David was privy apparently to angels speaking to the Lord about but what is man that you're mindful of him? And he was, and David was listening in on this conversation and he penned it. And then in the New Testament, you have Paul that comes along and he says the same thing. But it also mentioned it in Job chapter 7 and 17. It said, what is man that you should exalt him, that you should set your heart on him? So God has set his heart on man. He has exalted man. God created man for him, for his purpose, as a vessel, as a temple to hold him. He wants to fill us with himself. Psalm 8 in the TPT. This shows the heart of God. I'm going to read the whole psalm because the whole psalm is just absolutely magnificent. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your splendor. Your glorious majesty streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. See it. See it. God is going to fill earth with the fame of his name. Not like we see it now, people blaspheming, mocking, but the fame of his name. You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up. With the chorus of singing children, this kind of praise has the power to shut 
Satan's mouth. There is an answer for all the babies being taken out, being murdered, 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 because they, gray, they carry great authority. They have the ability to shut Satan's mouth through their singing, through the noises they make. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gazed at your moon and your stars, mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. But when I look up and I see such wonder and workmanship above, I have to ask this question, compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you bother with puny mortal man? Or be infatuated with Adam's sons. So it shows a passion in the heart of the Father towards man and mankind. That was unable, that the angels found unable to, to sort of comprehend or basically analyze or understand. Because they could see something in the Father when it came to his man Adam. <laughs> Yet what honor you have given to this man, created only a little lower than Elohim. You crowned them like kings and queens with glory and magnificence. As lords of creation you have delegated to them, mastery over all you have made. Mastery over all you have made. Making everything subservient to their authority. Facing earth itself and the placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. Isn't that just amazing? You are God's image bearer. You are God's image bearer. You are God's image bearer. You carry his image within you. Wow. All the created order and every living thing of the sky, the earth and the sea. So we, then he says what authority we have. In the sky, on the earth, and in the sea, the waters. The wildest beast and all sea creatures. Everything is in submission to Adam's sons. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your majesty. What glory streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name again. The earth will be filled with the fame of God's name. We know the earth will be covered with the glory of the Lord as the waters is covered with the sea. We know that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is something that's going to increase. The Lord took me up in a vision during a time of prayer. Um, and he, he shows me things like this. When he speaks to me or shows me a picture like that, he doesn't just show me a nation or a particular country but it will take me up to the atmosphere the rim where the earth basically where the round thing comes up and you're standing in the atmosphere and you look down and I felt him say what do you see and I saw earth I saw the globe the planet earth sitting there as if I was in space so I'm standing and looking and I'm in awe because it's a beautiful planet and he said keep watching and then I saw this light begin to rise and he said, what is it? I see it's like a new day dawning. But this light was so bright and so massive. And it just kept coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. And it started affecting and illuminating everywhere it went. 
But that light is not just the sun. That is God. That is light. That is the revelation. That is him. When he rises, he is so powerful. And I felt as I stood there, Lord, as, as part of the body of Christ, there is authority. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, I felt God say that there is authority coming to the ecclesia in these days. That we are going to walk in the truths that I've just read. By our word and our deeds and our actions, we are going to shift things. We are going to move things. Because not of who we are. We are his image bearers. It's who he is. It's all him. Everything is him. That's why Jesus, I've raised you up to be seated together with me in heavenly places. At my father's right hand. He's prepared pathways for us. To walk on. That he's prepared before the foundation of the earth. That we should just walk therein. He has prepared things for us. You know, this is it. And we see something unfold at the moment. And I mean, the enemy has got a well of a time at the moment because we can see darkness rolling in from all sides. In fact, they can't get it out quick enough. It's like almost, my goodness, can they take a breath before they pass the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But this week I began to think, Lord, if this is what it looks like when the enemy has a free reign to bring what he wants and how he wants to work through people, can we think when God says, okay, this is enough, 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 my time, my turn, my time. Because times and seasons are in his hand. We know he's sovereign over all. He is above all, he's over all. All things are submitted to the sovereign command of the Lord at the right hand of the Father. All things. Not anything old, new. All things. It's already submitted there under the sovereign command of the Lord at the right hand of the Father. All people, the queen, our prime ministers, our legislators, our judges, every man, woman, in whatever sphere of society, is already in submission under the feet of Jesus Christ. Whether we walk in that revelation or whether they understand that, I don't know. He is sovereign king over all. This, this represents all men from every station in life. Therefore, we do not have to fear what they do. And I believe this is what God wants to do. He wants to eradicate fear from his people. Because fear will keep on tripping up faith. And he wants a people that is full of faith. That will take his word and step out in his word and do his word. And make his word manifest. You know, we have got examples of that in the Old Testament uh, with Moses at the Red Sea. Uh, the Egyptian army was following, pursuing, 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 and he was standing, and the, he was, they crying out to the Lord. Obviously, they went panic and fear and whatever. And the Lord said to him, why are you crying out to me? <laughs> you know, tell the people to go forward and point your rod and command the sea to open up. Oh, Okay. Isaiah 41 basically says, command ye me concerning the work of my hands. God wants to get the church to that place where we start manifesting his works that he has prepared. He's done it. We just need to initiate it. It's there waiting. But we'll take faith. Gideon was the same thing. When Gideon army get cutting back, cutting back, we're looking at the remnant, it looks like the remnant is smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller people, you know, just sticking with God, just going to, we're just going to go with God, we're going to not, we're just going to follow God's word, we're just going to make our stand and believe God, we're going to just believe the Lord, we're going to take 
opportunity just to believe the Lord. And it's almost like it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But the remnant is not that small. There is quite a large remnant if you take the global number. And some of them, and the remnant is strong. The remnant is a strong people. They're just hidden. But I believe God, that's, that's gonna, she's about to come out. That remnant is about to be made manifest. Because what I saw, that authority that came upon that remnant. You know, when God breaks out upon people, it's not your choice. When he moves, you get in with him. He just goes. You get to go along with him. He's going to turn the world inside out, upside down, and we're going to be a part of it. I do believe he has said, because this is promises he's given us. We can't just wrap up the book. There's nowhere in my Bible that says God, you know, he's sort of hands over to the enemy and his foes, so they just take the victory. Nowhere in the Bible does he submit to, 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 you know, to sort of give the enemy free reign to just take away his inheritance. He said that he will not forsake his inheritance. He's got an inheritance in Scotland. He's got an inheritance in the United Kingdom. He's got an inheritance in every nation of Europe. He's got an inheritance in every nation of the earth. He is not going to forsake his inheritance. And he's got a bride that he's preparing to give as a chaste virgin to his son. In another um, encounter that the Lord showed me, something very similar. Um, we were praying and I saw the atmosphere that's around the earth. And I saw it almost, it was beginning to get thinner, thinner. It was as if the, the separation between earth and heaven were beginning to get, it was breaking in. It was that restriction or whatever was opening up. They were like, portals or openings that were beginning to be shot through if there was like a line and you punch through it these things began to break open and it was literally like heaven upon earth i heard heaven upon earth heaven upon earth we've been praying that and we've been declaring that father your kingdom come your will be done let it be on the earth as it is in heaven let it be on the earth as it is in heaven those days i believe is coming We've had four tastes in days gone by. This nation is rich in wells of revival and seed of revival that has been sown. I believe there is a coming together of those seed and new seed that God has been sowing in our time now. And there's a coming together of that. Psalm 85 was something that he took me to as well. I'll just read that. Because that is the portion of scripture that he spoke to me when I saw that portal's opening. And he said to me, heaven on earth, heaven on earth. Um, I'll just read that. And I'll trust you will keep me doctrinally right, Karen, you and Bill. <laughs> it says here from verse 9, Psalm 85. It speaks, it's a prayer that the Lord will restore. That is what that psalm is about. And it says from verse 8. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he speaks peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory might dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. 
Truth shall spring up out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yet the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps our pathways. In whose footsteps are we walking? We are walking in Jesus' footsteps. His footsteps will be our pathways. He has walked up and down the nations. He's getting the people ready to walk where he's walked. The works that he did, you will do greater works because I go to my Father. He's getting the people ready for that. Some have already begun to step into it. It's not something that's calming. It's actually, yeah. These things are, yeah. God is, and I believe that's why he's just strengthening us. He wants to build our faith. He wants to reinforce that, the reality that he is preeminent. All things are sorry. He's already seated. All authority is his. We are operating in the delegated authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. The authority that Father God gave him, gave him all authority. He delegated to us his ecclesia. He's seated at the right hand. We are seated with him in our place of authority there. All things have been placed under his feet. We can walk in his pathways. Amen. Amen. Let that strengthen you. Let that excite you. Let that stir you up. Let that stir up your face. faith. Whenever you now, everywhere, where you go, up the mountain, in the valley, wherever we go in prayer, this is what we have to understand. Because it's from that place that we then speak to it. It's from that place that we're declaring it. It's from that place that we are beginning to minister and reach out and touch people. It's got nothing to do with us. It's all about him. And all things are possible because of him. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lord.